0: Thank <laughs> you. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Enterprising Gen Z podcast. This is the weekly show where we talk to some of the top entrepreneurs and industry professionals from around the world to inspire and empower the next generation of young professionals. My name is Sam Watson, I'm an 18 year old entrepreneur from North London and now living in Paris. I'm the CEO and founder of Enterprising Gen Z events. We bring the value of the podcast into real life and we also allow businesses to market their products to some of the top entrepreneurs and professionals in the UK and France startup ecosystems. On today's show I'm talking to lara acosta who prides herself in winning the organic marketing game for people and brands if you do enjoy please feel free to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening from and if you want to learn more about the podcast please head over to egzpod.com as always if you want to get in touch with me about events please head over to egz thank you so much for listening and i hope you enjoy hey lara how are you doing
1: hey i'm good thank you for having me
0: Absolutely, no worries. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, So the first thing I want to ask you is kind of just explain a bit more about who you are and what you do.
1: So, okay. So my name is Lara, for those who don't know me, and I have a marketing agency called LA Digital, and I'm basically a social media manager. Um, I focus a lot on organic growth for my clients, and yeah, that's basically it.
0: Amazing. So tell me a bit more about kind of what LA Digital is.
1: So at L.A. Digital is my own agency. I created it about a year and a half ago, almost like probably more like two years. But um, it's basically a social media marketing agency where we focus on organic growth. We focus on the algorithms, trying to leverage all the organic um, growth that one business could get instead of focusing on ad spend and all of that, which I personally don't believe in. As much as I, other people would, I generally like seeing people grow naturally and organically without having to spend money on ads.
0: Awesome. So kind of social media has become such a massive part of marketing now, um, kind of more so than it was 10, 20 years ago. It's such a fundamental fundamental part of any marketing strategy. What made you want to start LA Digital?
1: Oh, what made me want to... It's, it's a bit of a long story, actually. So basically... I genuinely and honestly, I couldn't get a job. Like I could not get a job two years ago. The pandemic was just hitting, and uh, I'm Mexican, so it was really, really hard for me to actually get get a job in the UK. So I had no other choice than to start my own thing. Like no other choice I had. This whole plan of me becoming a banker or like working in a big multinational corporation and doing the nine to five, and then it just I guess it just wasn't in the cards for me. Um, and I had to take the leap and start my own marketing agency. Um, I was very against marketing. Uh, my, my family in some way made me feel like marketing was just for stupid people. Uh, and I was generally good at it throughout all my life. So I was like, yeah, this is just easy. Like, How could I make a job of something that I found so, find so easy? uh but then the pandemic happened and I was like okay I think I have to start this and my dad was like I think you should uh marketing is like rising and I was like no way uh one one thing led to another one one ninety nine 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 course after the other and then here we are
0: amazing so obviously you work with lots of entrepreneurs who kind of want to use social media to get leads and stuff like that and you must see lots of Um, entrepreneurs are the starting point and kind of seeing what they're doing currently obviously to find clients you're looking at their current social media what are the most common mistakes you see on people's socials and you think oh you shouldn't be doing that
1: i think uh, it's it's a rookie mistake that we all make uh but people love to ask before they give and it's a complete no-no in social media right now. Um, I've seen so many posts lately about it, and it's so true. When you first start your business, you feel there, this, 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 there's this sort of entitlement that you deserve the clients, and they should know who you are, and they should right away, you know, pay you for your services. So you're like, ask, ask us, hey, this is me, I can do this uh, for this for this amount of of like pounds or dollars or whatever it is and what people should be doing more is actually just give information for free and just put your stuff out there start building your portfolio start helping out people for free instead of just going straight for the clients and asking them if they want to be your clients like you have to earn that trust and i wish i guess i wish i knew that earlier and i still see people doing that mistake so you know
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's really valid. I mean, I kind of, I follow you on LinkedIn, we're connected. I see you kind of do a lot of that stuff on LinkedIn as well, Um, kind of posting about tips and stuff like that. Does that help you find clients?
1: Absolutely. I feel like my business has completely turned into 100% inbound leads. I don't actually have to go out looking for clients anymore. Uh, Thanks to LinkedIn and thanks to, I guess, my strategy of content. I don't have to go looking out for people because they find me as they already trust me and that's such an important part of having your you know strategy or marketing sorted out for yourself is give give content out for free give give stuff out for free be be generous with the information you have like there's this common belief that and a lot of entrepreneurs have it and even business people that are like multi-millionaires they're still really scared of giving information out for free Uh, but what I really want to emphasize with them and like everyone is, we live in an era where Google is free and everybody can literally search anything for free. So you're not really losing out on sharing stuff that you already know. Uh, it takes you five seconds to literally help someone whether when they're trying to Google something, it'll probably take them an hour to find the same answer. So if you're establishing yourself as that like authority figure, And just, you know, being kind and giving out stuff for free, then people are more likely to trust you, buy from you whenever you actually ask them or even without even asking them.
0: So you've got quite a a sizable presence on LinkedIn and you mentioned there before, now you've got 100% inbound leads, but before that, um, before you kind of had this LinkedIn presence, how did you go about finding your first clients in kind of the, the first early stages of your startup?
1: Oh, my God. Uh, I guess it was a really rookie start. I started off with emails, but emails doesn't work for me. Uh, I didn't know that people like your email can be banned. So you have to warm up your email to get like leads and stuff. I didn't know any any of that. So it was a horrible start for me. It took me like a month and a half to figure out like I wasn't going to get any clients from cold emails. So um, I went on Facebook groups and I've had already bought like a million courses on how to do this. And then like Grant Cardone course, uh, Taylor Lopez course, and you're not allowed to, you know, advertise your services there, but what you're allowed to do is, you know, share your experiences and share information. And, you know, like, like you do on LinkedIn, you can do the same thing on Facebook groups where you share stuff and then people will comment and then you connect with them. And that's how I got my first couple clients from Facebook groups.
0: That's really interesting. Facebook is a platform I would never think of using.
1: I know. Yeah. Like I, it came out of nowhere. I was like, I'm going to post here and see what happens. And then I start. my post went viral on a Facebook group. Like it had so many likes and I was like, all right. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm going to use this to my advantage. I'm going to write down all these people, see what they're doing, you know, send them a Hey message. Like, how are you? What's, what's going on? Like I do this, let's network. And it starts off organically like you that that's the thing I always start try to start things organically uh, network with people who get to know them and see if we're the right fit instead of literally pushing my product out to people that don't want it Uh, because it creates this really bad rep um, around you you're you're not even like kind of noticing it but it's just making you greedy and you don't want that you want to be giving not greedy
0: you talk about networking a lot and I just I love in-person networking like it's my thing I just love it um, I find it so satisfying, and I also really like meeting and talking to new people in like a professional environment. In like a social environment, I find it a bit more scary. I don't know, but I think in in my in in a professional environment, I'm really like in my zone. Um, do you do any in person networking, or do you kind of use LinkedIn as your kind of main avenue?
1: Um, right now no because I'm in Mexico so I uh, there's no one pretty for me to network with but usually yes I'm a social butterfly I love speaking to people I think that's why networking on LinkedIn has been so easy for me because I, I'm, I can find common ground with people so easily and talk about anything and you know try and make a friendship or like a connection not really looking for anything I don't have a secret agenda ever I just you know I'm myself and I'm like whatever. And if I can help you good, if if you can't, that's also great. I made a new friend or, you know, person, I know someone. So yeah, Uh, I don't do much of it now. I miss it so much. But LinkedIn has been filling that void really well.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I agree. I mean, I still kind of yet to explore Paris in terms of networking. I don't know if it's as big as London is. Um, But we spoke a lot about um, using LinkedIn to find clients. And I mentioned earlier, you've got Um, quite a few thousand followers on LinkedIn and and that's honestly fantastic. So like, well done, that's really good. Um, Just out of interest, do you have any tips for other startup owners to kind of get a following on LinkedIn?
1: Honestly, like looking back, I only started my LinkedIn journey four years ago and I'm nearly at 10K, like 400 people left. But it started off by a complete accident. Um, I was watching this Gary Vee mastermind uh, on youtube and he was like go all in on linkedin like people are sleeping on linkedin blah 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 blah, blah. and i was like mm, all right um so i reactivated my linkedin i actually had deleted it because it gave me so much anxiety i couldn't even stand it uh the there's this weird culture of linkedin that i cannot stand which is like uh anticipation culture and you know how ha- i'm so happy and grateful or like no what is it like, I, I'm so happy to announce I just got a new job and seeing all that made me so anxious like I am seeing my exes like doing really well and like my friends that I hadn't seen in like forever having like their third promotion in one year and I was like unemployed really sad deleted it and then it came back to it after that Gary V YouTube video and I was like okay so I started as like you know not not no idea what I was doing and i was actually looking for a reference from my old uh university tutors because i couldn't reach them on email and i was like i might as well try and make this look nice so they kind of remember me and they're like okay yeah i'll give her a sick reference it didn't happen They, they never contacted me back but at least i have like a good presence now a complete accident and then after i realized okay there's so much potential here so the or organic algorithm, it's so good. Like it's 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 like early Instagram days. You can have so much reach. The algorithm is actually good to you instead of harmful to your content. So I really really appreciated that having been social media I have social media manager for Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. I was like there's something here I'm going to maximize on it. So I started posting three times a week. I made it my goal for the year to post three times a week at least and network. So back to your question, I'm sorry, (laughs) I kind of went off, but back to your question for people that want to start, you know, your LinkedIn and get like more followers or like more clients or whatever, just post consistently choose like any other social network. But with this it's different, a little bit different. Choose how many days you want to start posting and just Go all in on that and be consistent with that. Like, you would go to the gym four times a week, also post on LinkedIn four times a week and try and, you know, show your interests and show what you're good at and, like, be yourself but also be, like, educational about it. Um, The thing with LinkedIn now is people are getting tired of seeing the same content every day. So, like, top tips to grow your business, blah, blah. So stand out and add your personality to it so if you're funny make some jokes if you're in very intelligent make some very intelligent phrases and quotes that people will remember you as if you do exercise post a photo of you in the gym just stand out and commit and be consistent and also a very important uh fact Engage with people. A big part of LinkedIn is community building, and if you don't have a community, but you have a like great content, then you're not going to grow because no one's going to see it. So engage with people. Try and make real connections, like networking. Um, networking doesn't come easy to a lot of people, so I see them struggle. Uh, but commit to ten minutes a day of commenting on people's posts. Uh, leave a leave a meaningful, you know, thought underneath uh, their post, and you'll see growth eventually.
0: I uh, I completely agree with you in terms of consistency, but I am I really try and post consistently and I, I'm probably hitting once a week, which I know isn't good enough. Um, but I, f- I feel like I just don't know what to post. Like I'm not that interesting. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I'm not interesting enough to have three posts a week.
1: I think you're so interesting. Like you live in Paris and you're British and you're doing random stuff. Like everybody has their own story to tell and I feel like people would need to sit down and figure out like, what makes me me and it could be the simplest thing like the other day i saw a post uh by one of my friends on there that he was just talking about football and the post had like a hundred likes it was just it, it was nothing in comparison to whatever people think that linkedin post should be about but people want real people and real things and boring things that are interesting to them like people want to relate to you and the more relatable you are, the more people are going to see you and actually trust you because they're, he's like, they're, they will be like, okay, this is great. He spoke about this. I can relate to this. And he's also giving really, really good information about this. So I trust him that you become friends with your audience.
0: So you kind of mentioned that person who's playing football and stuff like that. And I've noticed since I joined, I think I've been on LinkedIn for two years. I, I joined LinkedIn the start of COVID. Oh, that must be three years now. Um, I never took it seriously. You know, I was, I think I was 16 when I jumped on the platform. I'm about to turn 19 now. I was 16 and I was writing a book on rugby. So I made connections with some of the, some of the top rugby stars. And I feel like since then LinkedIn's become way less corporate. Um, and it's more, I, I don't want to say unprofessional, but, but you know what I mean? It's becoming a bit more relaxed.
1: Yeah, I love it. I think uh yeah, a lot of us young people have this misconception of LinkedIn that is like, oh, it's just for old people and to like I said, announce the new job and, you know, brag about their lives. And it's it's there's it's been no, it's had a massive shift in culture. Uh, as I think it's because a lot of young people are joining it as well. And we're, you know, having real conversations about our lives and I think our generation is so crucial to this shifting work that we're seeing uh, all around the world, but also LinkedIn, that we're tired of just being our work. We are also humans and people need to know that uh, people don't want to buy from robots or people that are just addicted to their jobs. You, we also want to know who you are and what other hobbies you have and like your tips and your, your lifestyle that you have outside your outside your job because we are more than your job so definitely like massive shift and i love it uh, there's a lot of i guess boomers that complain that oh why are you treating linkedin like it's facebook and where i'm like well no linkedin is linkedin and facebook is facebook like they're completely two completely different things and they're they're trying to kind of gatekeep this great social media that is LinkedIn for their own benefit which is i don't know what they're 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 gaining from that um but no i there's people complain about it but no linkedin is not facebook linkedin is actually really great facebook gives me a lot gives me a lot of anxiety so no it's not nothing like it
0: no you're you're totally right i think i'm exposed to the two cultures um on linkedin you know the culture of very formal very corporate very professional uh, maybe not posting a lot but only posting when you get a job update and then also the maybe the younger generation of kind of more informal posting so you I don't know if you know Saffron Saffron Summer she's really good uh you know kind of a bit more informal stuff which I think is interesting um I've got another question so you did a business a level and I was just interested because lots of my listeners will be at that stage of kind of completing their a levels or doing a business a level I was just wondering and obviously I'm doing a business degree as well just wondering how relevant your business A level was, and maybe kind of if it's helped at all. <laughs> uh,
1: um, no, I, I'm complete honesty. Honesty, like I've I did my business A level, economics A level. I did my undergraduate on um, international business management, and I've learned more in the last couple of months.
0: That's the course I'm doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've learned more in the last couple months about business, doing my own business that I've actually learned during my lectures. I felt like, I don't know, it's kind of disappointing and overwhelming seeing um, all the time that I spent lear- trying to learn business uh, and not being able to apply any of it because it's it's a hard reality that we live in. Our, all courses were designed Years ago, years ago, and social media, where everything is generally based now, is constantly evolving. So there's actually no way, like, sorry, you said not as well. There's no way, there's absolutely no way uh, a course can teach you anything right now. Like, nothing. We're we're making stuff as we go. We're learning the new algorithms as we go. Uh, You know, there's nothing like there n- nothing is like promised and these courses that we that we took and you're taking are based upon the idea that nothing was going to change or even if they, the things were changing it would just be the work culture or how to change your team and how to restructure things better but yeah no, no. it's it's very frustrating but no i learned i learned how to socialize though and i had a great time
0: well, I think uh, obviously I'm, I'm very new to the business course, but we're covering stuff like the metaverse, um, how to use LinkedIn properly. So I think some of the stuff is quite topical, like Web3, all that kind of stuff. So oh I don't my know God, you're that's...
1: learning that. That's yeah, so yeah. cool. Oh, okay. Well, maybe my course, my, my, my A level was just not like that, I guess. And my degree wasn't like that. It was more like supply chain management and corporate management and how to create your marketing strategy. And I've never actually used any of the tools that they taught me at my level, like pastel analysis, SWOT analysis, Porter's Five Forces. None of that I've used in my actual real life. If I use it, it's just to complain about it and be like, I'm not using any of this. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I would have loved to actually go out and have an apprenticeship instead of doing an A-level or like going to university I think I would have gotten so much more out of it but there's this weird misconception that you need to do your A-levels and go to university to be successful but the more the more time I spend on LinkedIn the less I agree with that and I have seen so many successful people that have no degree, no A-levels, and they're making so much money and they're having so much fun and they have like their own business at like 19, 18, 20, whatever age it is. And like, there's no need to, I don't know, believe that you have a that you need to have a qualification to be successful.
0: It's interesting you mentioned that because I was just, I was looking at the job market um, a couple of days, ago. Was, you know, when you scroll through LinkedIn and have a look at some of the jobs that are available. Um, quite a few of them said must have an undergraduate degree or bachelor degree. And I thought that was quite shocking because I know so many, again, successful entrepreneurs who I speak to on this podcast who never went to university. Do you think that's a consumer trend with employers, not a consumer trend, an employment trend, which is changing? Less and less employers are looking for a degree, or do you think it's still kind of a bit formal, and they needed a degree. Yes,
1: um, I de- I, c- I can see it definitely changing. Even now, um, even with people that are, are are our age and are you know posting job jobs online, they're like, I don't need a CV; just show me your LinkedIn. And it's just great. Uh, so I guess we are starting the the shift. But I've also seen a lot of multi multi five figures, six figures CEOs that literally told me like we are tired of asking for people from the top universities and tired of the people with the highest uh, grades because in practice, they don't know what they're doing. And in comparison to someone else that has had a way more experience in their role, it's way more beneficial to them. So I can definitely start seeing that. And I hope it it happens because I'm so tired of seeing like, Oh, there's an entry level job, but you need to have seven years of experience
0: what it uh, yeah, makes totally no sense mental. yeah try drives me mental I've seen that as well entry level um grad jobs and they were asking for three years of experience this was an actual company that I looked for and I actually applied for um because I, I was kind of unsure if I wanted to go to university or not I'm really really glad I did to be honest um the uni culture I love it um and I think I, I'm actually I'm learning some some valuable skills so I, I'm quite enjoying uni uh I'm glad yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, if if there are any entrepreneurs, because social media kind of marketing agencies, they're quite like a, um, a hot business to have right now, um, and I think it's there's a lot which differentiates successful ones from not successful ones. Um, what will your top tips be for someone who's starting out a social media marketing agency based on your own experiences?
1: I feel like I had this realization midway through my agency where I was really really disappointed that I wasn't making the ten thousand pounds a month like everybody promises you and online and you see all these posts that are so overwhelming like how I made eight like my first 10k my first month of doing my smma um I think my genuine tip and advice, just be like, don't believe everything you read online. Like I've seen so many posts of this and then I've heard that these people are actually like bankrupt or like, they're still, you know, living at home when they're claiming to be living like all around the world and all having this luxurious lifestyle at such a young age. So I feel like just take everything you see online with a pinch of salt and try not to compare yourself. I know it's really hard, uh, but, you know, focus on yourself and what you're good at. And also, learn your skill, learn what you're good at, and focus on that. Don't try and sell website design and social media management and also Facebook ads and all that. Just focus on one service and grow it from there and grow your agency from there.
0: It's really interesting you see that. I, yeah, I completely agree with you. The pressure on LinkedIn is insane. Because everyone's posting about the good things and there's not a lot of people. There are a few which I can think of which post about the bad and the negatives. Um, but they're, a very, they're, they're kind of few and far between. But the pressure on LinkedIn to be successful is crazy. Everyone's posting about their M- MRR and all that kind of stuff and it mm-hmm. kind of freaks you out a bit. Um, especially for me, I feel so inadequate. Um, it's kind of, yeah. My last question. And this is a question I ask to everyone who comes on the show. If you could describe a successful entrepreneur in three words, what three words would they be and why?
1: A successful one?
0: Yeah. Oh, well, Eddie, oh. A, a good entrepreneur.
1: No, I, I heard unsuccessful, successful, so I was like, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> three words I would use to describe a successful entrepreneur. Uh, consistent, creative, and kind.
0: Why kind? That's interesting.
1: I feel like I've learned this uh, throughout my journey, like even like my life, but being kind is so underrated. And I, I have this quote, I think it's from Gary Vee as well. But it's like, kindness is my favorite currency. And if you can be anything in the world, just be kind because everybody in the world is having a really hard experience or going through something. And, you know, just being kind can go really, really far. Like you don't realize how much of a difference you can make by just you know helping someone out just just giving them five minutes of your time they'll come back to you uh, a couple years later or even a month a couple months later and be like hey I have this many referrals from you because that time of that, that that time you helped me so it costs you nothing to be kind and it can bring you so many rewards so definitely focus on the kindness and you know be that if you can be anything be kind and you know, help people.
0: You're literally, couldn't be more on the point. I've asked this to to three or four people now um, and none of them have said kind. I think kind is so important, especially in London. I found that lots of the London, uh, lots of the entrepreneurs in the London start- startup ecosystem were absolutely more than happy to give away an hour of their time to jump on a call with you and give you some help wherever you need it um yeah. even people i've had on the show um for my website and stuff like that i'm thinking of one one particular guest who said if you need a hand with your seo let me know we'll jump on the call and we'll, we'll do it for you no 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 charge um you know so some of the people and some of the more successful entrepreneurs i speak to are genuinely so kind so willing to give their time especially to someone young and someone new i think that's also a really good tip for someone starting out i wrote about this on a linkedin post i uh, not on a linkedin post on a on a blog uh, on a uh, I was interviewed a while ago um, and I was talking about this actually okay for blokes to ask for help because that's one thing I think we really struggle with.
1: I love that movement I really I'm so happy that people are speaking about men's mental health it's so important and I think men struggle the most with mental health as, I, as you can see in all the statistics but yeah I feel like men should actually open up and I, well, there's so, so many incentives now even Gymshark with that barbershop that they made about mental health so cool um i think it's time for people to heal and speak about themselves a little bit more especially men and you know finish with that stereotypical alpha culture that we are all in living in um yeah
0: yeah no i agree um well i think that's uh, that's everything for today thank you so much for coming on the show it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you
1: oh likewise i had so much fun
0: thank you so much for coming on Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Enterprising Gen Z podcast. If you did enjoy it, please feel free to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening from. It really means a lot. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please feel free to leave a five-star written review. If you want to check out our socials, we're just at Enterprising Gen Z Pod on Instagram and on TikTok, and EGZ Pod on Twitter. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next week with another episode. Goodbye.